what a beautiful reminder we have this morning. It's how great is our God with so much going on in the world today. Uh, make a note of that, those of you, my note takers, make a note of that. Don't lose sight of that. Despite what's going on in your life, despite what's going on in the world today and the, the culture and climate of our, our country, despite what's going on, remember how great is our, our God. Make a note also, Psalms 145.3. Uh, it says, the Lord is great and greatly to be praised and his greatness is beyond understanding. Great, greatly, and greatness is beyond understanding. We're not supposed to figure it out. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight because the greatness of God, God is not trying to be great. <clears throat> God is the greatness and it's beyond our understanding. That's why we trust God. That's why we love God. That's why we run to God. So thank you, Lord, for the reminder this morning of how great is our God. So thrilled to be with you this morning. So thankful to be in the land of the living this morning and excited about what God has done, what he's doing and what he is going to do, even in the midst of the pandemic and, and the unrest and everything else that's going on in the world. Be excited about what God is doing. Stay close to God. Allow God to speak to your heart daily. Uh, as we go through the announcements, I'd, I want to thank you as always for your giving. Uh, so grateful, so thankful for your giving. If you're on your laptop, you just go to uh, the giving icon, go ahead and click it and then give accordingly. If you're on your cell phone, go to South Bay, uh, southbayalc.com, go to the three bars, click those and give accordingly. Um, and if you're writing a check, um, make it payable to SBALC 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90807, Suite B-279, Suite B-279-3553 Atlantic Avenue. And again, the, the website, those of you that are giving online, just go directly to the website, South Bay alc.com uh, would would love to invite you for our bible study wednesday night 6 30 to 7 30 we are in first kings uh chapter three. First kings chapter three um it's an incredible chapter it's where god gives us the formula of how to connect with him uh, so solomon connects with god and then god responds and asks solomon um, what do you want? Ask me what I shall give you. It is an incredible chapter and we all reflect it and try and figure out what, what, what will we ask God for. Um, but it's, it's amazing how God gives us the formula to connect with him. Some people say God doesn't speak like he did in Old Testament times. I would disagree and say God does speak. We're just so distracted. We don't put ourselves in a position to hear him. And in first Kings chapter three, God gives us the formula via Solomon. Solomon gives us the formula of how to connect with God and we see God responding. So uh, you might want to join us. I would highly encourage you to join us. It is an incredible chapter. First uh, Kings chapter three, incredible chapter this Wednesday, 630 to 730. Please join us. And thank you for those of you who, who've allowed us to uh, pray for you and you've shared uh, praise reports and prayer requests uh, via uh, our email life at southbayalc.com, 
life at southbayalc.com. Please send your prayer requests, your prayer needs, and your praise reports there. And we have a team of people, including myself, that are praying daily uh, for you all. So we just want to thank you uh, and bless you for the opportunity, for giving us the, the opportunity and the privilege of praying for you. I do want to invite um, several uh, of you that requested uh, membership to be new members. So today at 2 p.m., uh, we have our new members class. It's only one hour from two to three. Uh, it's going to go by really quick. And it's just a great time to get to know about the church, the establishment of the church, what we believe here and what we stand on, obviously the word of God, but we break that down and, um, and show you that it's scripture. Everything we do is based on the word of God. And so uh, it's, it's, it's giving those who would like to be a, a part of South Bay Abundant Life Church the opportunity to join the ministry. So again, that's today from two to three. If you're interested, send an email, life at southbayalc.com. If you're available and you're interested, life at southbayalc.com. If you're interested, and even if you're not available, I can send you the new members booklet and you can take a look at it and uh, kind of go through it. And then when we have our next members class, next new members class, you can join in. So, um, so excited and, and, and looking forward to, uh, to fellowshipping and, and uh, interacting uh, with the new members today and uh, get them on their way to membership. So I think it is time for the word. Let's go ahead and get into the word of God. Um, let's just pray quickly and ask, God, ask God's blessing on his word this morning. Lord, we just ask that you would uh, bless your word this morning as we've been, been digging deep into the power of the word, God, and just the, uh, the profoundness of the word. God, we're so grateful. We're so thankful for the word of God. It's, a, it's our map. It's our, it's our blueprint. It's, the, it's, it's a light. It's a lamp, God. It illuminates the way as we are trying our best to navigate. God, what would we do if we didn't have a road map? Where would we go if we didn't have a light? We would walk around in darkness. We would bump into the walls. We would go into a dead-end street every day. But thank you for your word. It teaches us how to live, how to give, how to forgive, how to speak, how to think, how to act in a way that's well-pleasing to you. So we're so grateful and so thankful for the word this morning. Teach us, Lord. Teach our hearts. Holy Spirit, lead, guide, speak to your people this morning. In the midst of everything that's going on in our lives, God, you know what's going on. We're asking you, Lord, speak to our hearts. Teach us through your word. Holy Spirit, bring to remembrance all the things that God has spoken to us. God, we don't want information. We want revelation, knowledge from your word that leads to transformation and then application so we can live it daily, Lord. Bless your people. Bless your word. Holy Spirit, lead us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would, open your Bibles to Psalms 119 and verse 114. Psalms 119, verse 114. As we continue on the series, The Good Shepherd, and within the series, we're in the sub-series of the Word of God, based on Paul and Silas when they when the jailer asked what must he, he do to be saved, and they gave him the word, they spoke to him the word of the Lord. And as we're in the Psalms, we're speaking, we're speaking the word of God. Just like Paul and Silas spoke it to the jailer, family is so important today. It hasn't changed. The word's not going to change. We found out in Psalms 1, how the word of, of God has been established in heaven. It's been set up. 
It's established. It's set. It's not going to change. Heaven and earth will fade away, but God's word will not fade away. So the importance of God's word, so something has to lead you, something has to guide you. Something has to be your foundation. What is your foundation? Write that question down, those of you taking notes, and, and just think about it. Truly, what is my foundation? Is it my bank account? Is it my network? Is it my net worth? Net worth? Is it my friends? Is it my family? Is it my kids? Is it my grandkids? Is it my job? Is it my gift abilities? Is it my ministry? What is your foundation? What are you living on and about? And we could give the Christian answer, it's God and God's word, but you really, as I'm studying this, I have to really evaluate my heart and say, man, what, what is your foundation? It sounds good, but is it real? Is that what you're really standing on? So I'm, I'm, I'm asking us, as God is, is asking us this morning the question, what is our foundation? What do we really stand? With so much noise in the world, is it your political party? Is it your connections? What are you standing on? What are you trusting in? What are you believing in? And I'm saying it has to be the word of God. All those things and most of those things are good and, and things we should be involved in and, and, and be about. But when it comes to what do I stand on, what do I make my decisions based upon? It has to be the word of God. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, I have to seriously think about, is this something that I should do? That always has to be our guide. So here we are. We, we pick up King David and in Psalms 119, 114. Make a note, this is the, the Psalms 19. Uh, it's, it's the largest uh, chapter in the Bible and it's based on the praises, singing praises of God's word, singing praises of the scripture. Make a note, Psalms 119 is based upon, the whole Psalm is singing praises of God's word, singing praises of the scriptures, uh, of God's scriptures. That's why it's so long and that's why it's so powerful. But look what David says in Psalms 119, 114. It says, Lord, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word, my confidence, my trust, my belief is in your word. And remember, we talked about the word of God. It's it's the statutes. It's the uh, it's the it's the prescription. He said his his oh, his hope is in the the script, the God's word, the, the purpose, the plan, the the set time, the set task, the set portion limits and boundaries. His hope is in God and what God has planned for his life in God and in the and what God has planned for his life. The prescription, the formula, the the, the blueprint, the task, the method, the direction. And the set time, David said, that's where my hope is at. And so my question today is two questions based on that scripture. Um, what are you hoping in? What are you trusting in? David said it's in the word of God. But then he, before that, he said that, Lord, you are my hiding place. Um, and so my question, um, where do you what's your hiding place? Let me take off my glasses. But what, what's your hiding place? What's, where do you go to refocus and to regroup? What, what do you do to recenter yourself? Because uh, people meditate, they do yoga, they, they drink, they, 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 they go out, they hang out. I mean, when they want it, they make, they make calls. But what do you do when you need? David's not saying he's hiding from something. He's, he's hiding place. He's not hiding from something. He, the hiding place in the Hebrew, it means you're. What's your covering? What's your 
your, your shelter? What's your secret place? What's the secret place you go to when you need to regroup? Uh, and, and what it also means protection. What's your protection when everything and the walls just seem to be closing in? David said, Lord, you're you're that for me. Uh, the Lord. So so what's your place of escape? And we all like to go on vacations and I'm OK with that. But even within the vacation, things can get crazy during the vacation and you come back from the vacation and you need a vacation from the vacation. So the vacation is not the end all be all. What is your hiding place? What's your escape? Who is your escape? What's your vice? When you need a, a, a break from the craziness of this culture. Where do you go? David is recommending for us that we would allow God to be our hiding place, our covering, our shelter, our secret place and protection. You have to have somewhere to go. Uh, family, you and I need a place of escape to get away from the noise and the haters and the pressure and the, the rat race of trying to make it somewhere. I don't know, but I'm trying to make it somewhere. The psychotic politics of our culture, we need we need a place to get away. And he said, the, the Lord is my shield. He's my defender. So while I'm hiding, I don't have to worry about what's going on around me. Make a note of that. It's a revelation. You say, God says, you come and I'm your, I'm your hiding place. I'm your secret place where you can just come and just rest in me. God said, come on and rest. Uh, and then David said, you're also my shield, which means you're my defender. So while I'm resting in God... I don't have to worry about. See, because sometimes it's hard for us to rest. We got so much going on. And, and some of us, we can't even sleep at night because it's everything's going on in our head. And it's, you can't even rest when it's time to rest. And then you wake up, you're frustrated and you're and you're and you're edgy and you're irritable because you haven't got any rest because sleep is supposed to bring rest. But it's not the end all be all. God says, I'm your hiding place. Come rest in me. That's what God's come rest in me. And while you're resting in me, I'm your defender. I'm fighting all your battles while you're resting. Somebody make a note of that. You can't sleep worrying about stuff. And God is saying, if I'm your true hiding place, you can come to the secret place in me and I'm your defense so you can rest because I'm fighting it. while you and I are sleeping. God is handling business. That's what David is saying. That's the beauty of the word of God. That's why he says my hope is in your word. I don't have to worry about the world because my hope is in your word and family. I, I, all I can say is, is so much going on in the world today. You got to evaluate. Is God your hiding place? Get into God and start getting your rest. Um, it's hard to do anything when you don't get enough sleep. It's hard to do anything when you're worried about all the noise and all the politics and all the, the foolishness that's going on in our culture. And, and I'm talking to, the, to us as Christians, as we're talking about God's word, as we're talking about trying to live a holy lifestyle, trying to live right, trying to do things according to the word. When we look at the world, it's a big mess. But God say, oh, come hide in me. Come to your secret place. You're not hiding from anything, but come and seek refuge. And then I'll fight your battles. I got you covered while you're resting. Thank you, Lord, that you take care of it while I'm resting in you. And I can sleep well at night and I'm not worried about all the stuff that's going on. And I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my siblings, praying for my my mom, praying for my children, um, praying about my my job, my business, my ministry, resting in God, praying about it. And God says, I got it covered. Rest while you're here. Make a note, family. Rest in God. Uh, 
and I have my notes. Here's the revelation, which I've already said. We don't have to worry about, we don't have to worry or stress out about what's going on when we are in the hiding place and the secret place of the shelter of the Almighty. We don't have to worry about it. David says, my, here's the game changer. My confidence and my trust and my belief and my hope is in the word of God. Make a note of that. It always comes back to the word of God. I can hide and be secure in God. I can trust God as my defender because my ultimate trust and hope is in the word of God. Facebook family, go on and push your share button. This is a great message to share. Look, let's do a comparison in, in Psalms 91. Let's turn there quickly. Psalms 91. And see, I, I have a good friend. Um, um, I have a good friend and he tells me and. You know, stuff don't mean something to you till it means something to you. Right. My buddy Maurice Porter says stuff don't mean something to you till it means something to you. And until you're dealing with the when you're dealing with the craziness of the world, this this scripture don't mean something to you till it means something to you. Until you see all the noise and the haters and everything that's in all the pressure of the world trying to compete for your heart and your mind. That's what is competing for your heart and your mind and your soul, your soul being that part of you that doesn't dissolve upon death. All the distractions of the enemy and the spiritual warfare that we deal with every day. We're at war and sometimes we don't realize it, but we are every day. And then we read Psalms 119, 114. It talks about God being our hiding place. And then we compare it with Psalms 91, 1 and 2. It says the person that dwells, the person that remains in the secret place of the most high, the almighty God, shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Underline that, put a star by that. Hebrew dwell means to stay. So we have to remain in the secret place. The secret place being the shelter of God. The most high is the supreme God. There are other tiny false idols and false gods, but the supreme God is the existing one, is Jehovah. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God that is there. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God that provides for us. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals us, the supreme God, the existing one, the Trinity. And he says that we abide in the secret place of the supreme God. Abide means to stay permanently and make a note of that. So it's saying despite what's going on, despite what's going on in our life, we got to stay there permanently. We can't get out of this, uh, as, as Verizon would say, the coverage area. We got to stay under the shadow of the almighty. And see, and stuff don't mean something to you till it means something to you until your world is falling apart. And you have to decide, am I going to stay with God? We talked about it last week with Joseph. Joseph had to go through 13 years of the pit, Potiphar's house, Potiphar's house, prison before he got to the palace. And even when you get to the palace, your head can't get so big that it can't fit through the palace doors. You have to stay under the wings of the almighty and then make a note based on that. On the life of Joseph, 13 years of dealing with all kind of craziness, trying to stay focused on God's dream that he had for his life. Then he was 30 years old when it was dream fulfilled. It said that he died at 110. 
So make a note, family, that although he went through those 13 years of just hell and uncertainty, he had 80 years of a blessed life. So what am I saying? I'm saying, what does that mean to you and I? It means when we walk in obedience to the word of God, our best years are ahead of us. Somebody make a note of that. Despite where we are, despite what's gone on, despite what we've done in the past, despite the ups and the downs, when we live an obedient life, our best years are ahead of us. It's no time wasted. It's no regrets. Stop beating yourself up. Stop thinking about what could have been and start walking obedient life and step into the best years of your life through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Somebody ought to shout right now and stop, start shouting and stop pouting about what could have been. You're right where God wants you to be, but you have to be obedient. You have to remain under the shadow of the Almighty. You got to run to God. You got to stay there and you can't come out. Um, the, the game we used to play was hide and seek. No, no, God played play the game that, that God's word says is seek and find. We used to play hide and seek. That was okay when we were kids. But now that we're mature in Christ, it's seek and find. That's what we need to be doing. Stop playing games and seek and find what God has for us and remain under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, Psalms 91 and 2, it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and he's my castle. And, and make a note, um, underline uh, my, he's my refuge. Look how personal it is. This is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what David has. This is what God desires for you and I to have with him. So we can say the Lord is my refuge and my fortress. Because other people say it, but what does it mean for them? It doesn't mean the same for you unless you have that personal relationship. You have no idea what it means for God to be your refuge and to be your castle. All it is is use just words on a paper until you have that relationship and you're in that secret place with God. Uh, refuge, meaning my shelter and and fortress, meaning my castle and my defense. I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to visit an old medieval castle and you see the bars and the fence. You're just not walking up into the castle. It's well defended with a moat around it and you got to go across the ramp and you got the alligator swimming. And you're going to get jacked up when you try and go to that castle uh, uninvited. And God is saying, let me be your castle. I'm your defense. Rest in God because I'm handling business. Um, it also says vengeance is vengeance is mine. I will repay. Thus say the Lord. Sometimes we're out to get people. And God said, if you just relax and rest in me, I, I promise you I can handle it. I created all this. I can handle your problems as well. But we want to hold on to that little bit of power we have and want to act and enact vengeance on someone totally out of line with scripture. Verse 2, 91 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. You got my, my, and my is personal, in whom I will trust. Underline. Make a note, family. You should have it in your note somewhere, but you got to trust something. You got to trust someone. When it comes down to it, and, and just, just make it personal tonight. When you lay down, make a note. When you lay down and go to sleep tonight, just Ask yourself, who do I really trust? What do I really trust in? Be honest, be transparent. Let God speak to your heart. And then you, if, if there's some uh, 
adjustments and some changes that need to be made, have the courage to do it. It's hard to have a relationship with someone, even God, uh, if you say, I love you, but I don't trust you. We, we've talked about it before. It's just, it's impossible. Um, I, I always challenge the men that I meet with, um, and I'm always making fun of it, but I say, you know, when you go to bed tonight, say, honey, I need to talk to you, and then tell your wife that I, I love you, but I don't trust you, and then let me know how that works out for you. Let me know. Come back next week and let me know how that, because see, that's a problem. And, and, and here's David saying, I, I'm my, the Lord is my refuge and, and my fortress in whom I will trust. We know that David loved the Lord. We know he was a man after God's own. David was a man after God's own heart. There was a love relationship there. And, and within a love relationship, you have to, you have, it has to be trust. In any relationship, if there's no trust, that's an abnormal relationship. Family, you all know that. Even if it's with your kids. You, you love your kids, but it's at some point you might not trust them, especially sometimes when they become teenagers and they're doing their own thing and you're trying to figure out what's happening with them and they're not completely honest and you say, I love you. And that's an abnormal relationship. You, we want it to be that I love you and I know I can trust you. And so why would God be any different? It's an abnormal relationship, family. Just evaluate them. This is all personal. This is all personal. I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not doing, right? When I ask you to have your first meal after Sunday service, I'm having my first meal after Sunday service. We're praying and we're fasting. We're asking God for revelation. I'm asking you to evaluate where you are with the Lord because too much is going on in today's society for you not to know and you don't want to find out the hard way. At least be honest with yourself and live accordingly and work on what you need to work on. But if you love God, then you have to trust God in all areas of your life. And even if it's a struggle, that's okay. I'm not saying it's not a struggle, but that has to be the goal. And I have to come face to face. I have to confront that lie that I love God, but I don't trust God. I never tithe. I never give an offering. I never give my time. I never even think about God outside of Sunday morning service. I never, God is never in my plans when I do anything. That's not a trust relationship. And, and we have to evaluate that. It's a lot going on. It's a lot going on today. And I'm just saying, at least be aware of it. Amen. Let's go back to Psalms 119, 114. Family, a real world, a real word for real time. This is what we're dealing with. Make a note, David said the Lord in, in 114, he said, he's my hiding place and my shield. My and my is personal. We serve a personal God, we should have a personal relationship. And God isn't looking for perfection. Make a note, family. God isn't looking for perfection. God is looking for practice. God wants us to practice trusting him. In an area where I didn't trust God, I'm practicing trusting God in that area. And you all know from your, your music days or your athletic days, when you practice, you got better. And God is saying, just practice trusting me. That's all. And then when God gives us the opportunity, God, I want to trust you more. Then God gives you opportunity where you have to trust him. Then you got to act upon that. That's where the application comes in. Right. You're praying for patience and then something's getting on your nerve. But you've been praying for patience and now you have to practice being patient. It's you can't 
become something without practicing, having the opportunity to practice it. So if you're praying for patience, expect your kids to get on your nerves so that you can practice being patient. That's the only way you're going to know. Am I patient or not? I have no patience. Then you know. But then you're practicing that. God's not looking for perfection. Make a note. God's looking for practice. And then think about this family. There's there's been many critics on the word of God. Here's the word of God. We're saying it has to be our hope at the end of end of uh, verse 114. My hope, my trust, my confidence. Everything I am is in the word of God. This is what I this is what I trust in. What God's word says supersedes every other word that anyone else would say. I'm trusting God. I'm practicing trusting God each and every day. Some days it's easier than others. Yes, it's a struggle, but that's the journey that we're on. We walk by faith and not by sight. We don't have it all together. That's why we need a savior. But I'm practicing loving God every day and practicing trusting God every day. There's been many critics based on what they feel the word of God is. But think about it. Some are dead and gone in their grave. The doubters and the haters and the skeptics over the years, dead and gone, but God's word is still here. And now we have the, the culture that we're in now, this, this culture where they're allowing their 12-year-old to live their truth. And if you're 12 years old, I'm telling you now, your truth is a lie. It doesn't supersede the word of God. When, since when do you take a, the, the, the word of a preteen over the word of God? I mean, what are we doing, family? I'm talking to my Christian family now. I'm talking to those of us that are disciples of Christ. What are we doing? What, since when do, does the word of a 12-year-old supersede the word of God? What, what has become of our culture? And for, and for my Christian parents, I'm, here are some suggestions I have for you. As we plant seeds, we're not the Holy Spirit, we're just... Uh, we're, we're, we're planters and we, we water. Uh, we're disciples. We're ambassadors for Christ. The Holy Spirit does the saving. You don't have to try and save your kids. But when you have the opportunity, always share with your, your children the, the power of God. Talk about creation. As you're driving around and you see the sun, the, the sun and the beautiful sky, especially here in Southern California, uh, Say, look, look at what God created. Talk about the creation and the power of God. Always plant the godly seeds. Um, the sun goes up, the sun comes down. If you have the opportunity, go to the beach or the mountains or anywhere. Talk about the miracles of God. Look at the trees. Look at how the, the birds, how God provide for the birds. Look at the sunrise. Look at the sunset. Look at the ocean. Look at the beauty of it. Talk about the miracles, the small, and I can say small, but not so small because a miracle is a miracle. Talk about, plant those seeds always in your kid. And then the beauty of God, just everything around us, the, the creation of God. And I would, I would suggest Christian parents that you use every opportunity to, to plant God's seeds in your children, then continue to pray for them daily. There's so much going on. It comes a time where we, we don't really have to preach as much, but we pray more. And remember, you're not the Holy Spirit. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I talk to my kids about how to live, but I don't try and make them do anything. That's God's job. And I trust God enough to know that if I'm praying and fasting for my kids every day, that God will give the increase. That's what the word says. One man plants, another person waters, and God gives the increase. 
Stop trying to save your kids. Just plant and just water. Be an example. Do more loving, do more listening, and do more learning. Let me say it again, family. Do more loving, do more listening, and do more learning. Comes a time when the preaching stops and the prayer starts. I do much more praying than preaching to my kids these days. And, and here's food for thought just on the, the word of God. Um, and just looking, looking at our culture, I've, I've done ministry for, for, for over three decades now. And I've, I've been in the schools. I've been in the juvenile hall. I've been in the prison, state and federal. And I, I'm always trying to figure out at what age do you become smarter than the Bible? And we're in the midst of all this spiritual warfare. And it's, I know it's spiritual warfare. And people are just turned upside down. But I'm trying to figure out at what age do you, when do you become smarter than the Bible? And when we have teenagers, I'm in, I'm in the schools and I'm talking in juvenile hall, talking to teenagers and they just pretend to be smarter than the Bible. And I'm trying to tell them, uh, you know, I get it. You're 18 and 19, but really your brain doesn't uh, finish developing until you're 25. And so your brain's not even fully developed. So at least slow down and, and realize there's something to be learned. Um, uh, the, the brain develops, here's for my scientists out there, and the brain develops from the back to the front. Uh, the, the prefrontal cortex is the last portion of the, the brain to fully develop. And listen to this, listen to this. Uh, that does not mean children do not have the functional prefrontal cortices. Rather, they do not develop the complex decision making. You can't even think straight. Literally, you can't even think straight. It says they do not have the complex decision making planning skills adults have until they're 25 or older. And, and some adults still don't have it. Uh, and you can say amen if you like. Uh, it's hard to believe. So it, it's, it comes back to when do you become smarter than the Bible? So, I, you know, I'm trying to figure this out for me. And so personally. I was thinking, let me share personally and be transparent. You know what I knew in my 20s? Uh, nothing. As I reflect back, you know, you know what I knew in my 20s? Nothing. You know what I knew in my 30s? Even less. And then in my 40s, I realized that, uh oh, whoa, my body is breaking down. And in my 50s, I'm realizing that my, my mind and my body's breaking down. I haven't got to the 60s yet, but I'm sure that the mind and the body starts to break down even more. If you're in your 70s, I'm sure you're thankful that you're here. Uh, my mom is in her 80s. I love her dearly, and she gave me some advice. She said, son, uh, if I would have known I was going to last this long, I would have took better care of myself. And if you're fortunate enough to be in your 90s or your 100s, you realize <laughs> that life is frail and fleeting and temporary. But, but here's my point. At what age do you become smarter than the Bible? And so what, what am I saying? I'm saying we have to stop listening to the opinions of mortal humans that are deteriorating daily. Flawed, they're flawed, they're sinful, deteriorating daily. And we have to start listening to the eternal and all-knowing God and, and recognize there is no book greater than the Bible. And there is no person that's smarter than the Bible. 
Generations will come and go. But the word of God will remain forever. Make a note. That's Matthew 24, 35. Even heaven and earth is going to pass away. But this word is going to live on forever. Political parties are going to fade away. Empires are faded away. People have faded away. And this current culture will fade away, but God's word won't. God has to be our shield, our hiding place, our hope. Family, that's, that's what God is putting on my heart to share this morning. It, it's, it's a lot going on in the world today. But this is what we stand on. This has to be our foundation. Look at Psalms 119 and 115. David is saying he's trusting in the Lord. He's saying, depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Underline is my God because it's personal. David is saying it, it, it's personal. And when it says depart from me, depart means come to an end, remove, take away, reject, avoid, leave and abolish. You have to get rid of some things as you and I move forward in life. Evildoers, bad, wicked, worthless people. You have to be careful who you hang around with, who you allow to speak into your life. If the word of God is going to take precedent in first place in your life, then you got to be careful who's trying to feed into your life and who's trying to speak into your life. And David said we have to get away. He has to get away from worthless people. He has to reject them. He has to leave. He has to uh, abolish the, <laughs> the negative people from his life. 87% of the information that we receive is negative. And if that's the case, you definitely don't need negative people in your life. We all have to deal with them, but I'm saying, who are you, who, who are you allowing to speak into your life? And look what he says, I will keep. Depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep. Uh, in, the, in the Hebrew, I will guard with integrity. I will observe the anointing that's on my life. I will, I will guard, I will keep the word of my God as personal. So as you're going through and as you're dealing with people, you have to be reminded of as, as I'm as I'm dealing with people, I have to separate myself from some people, anyone and anything that is influencing or are leading or pushing me further away from God. Remember, make a note. People come into your life for two reasons to push you further into the presence of God or to pull you from the presence of God. That's it. Evaluate your relationships now. Who's helping me to grow and pushing me towards God and who's pulling me away? That's what David said. I got to I got to eliminate the people that's pulling me away. Now, I'm not talking about associates. I'm talking about friends. And every time we get together, it winds up me being pulled away from God. I got to eliminate that. That's what David's saying. I, I can't. I just can't go through this up and down roller coaster. I have to eliminate those that are taking me away from the word of God which is the prescription, the script, the formula, the prescribed limit, portion, boundary and task, the blueprint and the set time, the purpose and plan that God has for my life. I got to eliminate those that are taking me away from that. I have to reject that so I can move closer to God. This is what David is saying. This is what the word is saying. 
And that's how you determine if they're good or bad for your life. We overcomplicate this. This is not rocket science. Are you good or bad for my life? Let me see. Every time I'm with you, <laughs> according to the word of God, they say, I, I got I to do something about that. I have to make a change. Everybody can't go where God's trying to take you. Let me say it again. Everybody can't go where God's trying to take you. And I said it, and, and then we could waste time and then we'll be frustrated. Remember, if we live the obedient life that God has for us, our best years are ahead of us. And everybody can't go. That's just the way it is. Remember, we've talked about it, family. It's a broad road and many's on that road. It's taken us to destruction. And then there's that narrow, difficult road there. Everybody can't go on that narrow, difficult road. It's just too tough. They're going to go with the many and not with the narrow, difficult road that leads to paradise with Jesus Christ. Everybody can't go there. It's what David is saying. I have to eliminate those people from my life and I got to remember the purpose and the plan. When you think about what God has for your life, it can't be compared to what we have to give up and say no to. I know it's not a popular message. I know it's hard, but I'm just trying to say in these days where it's, it's so much going on, you got to decide. You got to decide what type of disciple are you going to be? Doesn't mean you're not saved. Doesn't mean that God, his hand isn't upon your life. Are you going to live a victorious life or a defeated life? And that's the choice we have. I call it uh, addition by subtraction. Uh, you have to add to your life by subtracting people and, and things and places from your life. It's addition. I, I, I have to add to my life by getting rid of some stuff. I have to move forward in my life with God by subtracting stuff that's preventing, preventing me from moving forward with God. It's called addition by subtraction. Make a note of that. Let's look at Psalms 1, 119, 116. Look at verse 116. As David continues on, he says, Uphold me according to your word that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Underline my. Remember, this is all personal. Look at David is it's, it's his hope is uh, God's his shield. He's his hiding place. Uh, he's my God. Now he's saying is you're my hope. But he's asking God to uphold me. And this is personal. In 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 117, it talks about a professional as a leader, as the king. But right now he's talking about as a person. He's saying uphold. Look what David is saying. God, in the midst of everything that's going on. I love the transparency of this. He says, God, sustain me. Uphold means to sustain and support and refresh and revive and establish me and help me to rest. Let me say it again. In the Hebrew, uphold means to sustain. David is saying, God, sustain me according to your word. He's saying, support me according to your word. Refresh me, revive, establish me and help me to rest according to your word. We can rest in God according to his word. It is very personal what David is saying. He's saying, God, and, and you and I can relate to this. As I was reading this, he's saying, God, keep me stable. 
Woo, with your word, Lord, let your word keep me stable. God, keep me sane. God, hold me up. God, help me not to fall apart. God, help me not to lose it daily according to the stability of the rock, which is your word, which is the plan that you have for my life. Let me say it again. As I was writing this, I'm praying this as well. God, keep me stable. Keep me sane. God, hold me up. Prop me up. It means to lean. God, keep me standing. God, help me not to fall apart. God, help me not to lose it daily. Every day I think I could lose it without the word of God holding me up. That's why it's so important to be into the word of God. And remember that God has a purpose, a prescribed plan and set time and a task and a limit and a boundary. God has you right here so he can move you forward at the right time so you can be in the right place. And you're moving and moving forward with God. It's not a subtraction thing. It's not a it's not a, um, a negative thing where some people say, well, you know, I, I like to be a Christian, but it's so many rules. No, it's not rules. It's limits and boundaries. So you and I don't self-destruct. God didn't leave us out here on our, on our own. He left the word so we'll know how to live victoriously, how we can navigate through without self-destructing. I think I mentioned it last week. It's like letting your kid play in the street. You don't let your kid play in the street. Why? Because there's rules and limits and boundaries and you care about your kid. I know my mom and dad would tell us all, oh, you, you, you all play ball in the backyard. We had a, we we're fortunate enough to have a nice sized backyard. Every now and then we play football in the street, but that was the exception and not the rule. And when we got older, we would play in the street. But when we were younger, we could not. You, you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble if you're playing ball in front of the house. Why? Because our parents knew that ball could go out in the street. I'd run after it being excited because I got to get my brother out and possibly get myself killed. They weren't trying to prevent me from having fun. They were trying to save my life. God's not trying to prevent you from having fun based on the word. He's trying to save your life. He wants you to live victoriously. It's not complicated. Don't overcomplicate this thing. David is saying, look what it says in, in, in 1, um, 116. Uphold me accordingly, according to your word. Amen to the plan that you have for me, that I may live. Look at this. Look what live means in the Hebrew. And, and, and that's why it's so important to get to the root of the words, because they use different variations of the word. But this live means to he says, OK, uphold me according to your word that I may live. That word live means to refresh. So God, so I can your word uphold me according to your word so I can be refreshed. It means to revive. It also means to recover and to restore and to renew and to repair and to nourish and to grow. David said, God, your word, it refreshes me. It revives me. It helps me to recover. Recover from what? Recover from getting our butts kicked out in the world every day. I get into the word so I can recover and remember who I am in God. Then it restores me and then it renews me and it even repairs me. Repair me from the damage that I've caused to myself and maybe others have caused mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. The word of God repairs us and then the word nourishes us and then it helps us to grow. That's what that word live means. All those things. He said, God, I wanna live in you. I wanna be refreshed and renewed and repaired and restored and recovered. And then I wanna be nourished and I wanna grow. Want to grow as a man of God. You want to, you would want to grow as a woman of God. And it's the word that causes us to live and to grow. 
And remember, most people exist, never living. Christ says, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. That word abundant means extra air or extraordinary, a complete, a blessed life. Jesus said, hey, look, I'm not coming to take from you. I'm coming to add to your life. I want you to live an extraordinary life. I don't want you to be uh, a plain Jane. I want you to be extraordinary. I want you to have a complete blessed life. And that's what I come to give you. And then you either receive it or you reject it. David's saying the same thing right here, the word. And we know the word is God. In the beginning was the word. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Jesus came so we could have a blessed life. Either we reject it or we accept it. And then look at this. Um, and he says, help, help me not to trust in the temporary sandcastles that I have erected in my life, in my mind. Right? Let me not be ashamed of my hope. And family, make a note, the world is literally, family, the world is literally falling apart right before our eyes. If you can discern the deception of what's going on, the world is literally falling apart right before our eyes. And we can't be ashamed. He says, help me not to be ashamed of my, you can't be ashamed of the hope that lies within you. You got to share that. So much going on in the world today and then and the pressures and the and the, the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist, the uh, the anti meaning against the spirit of against Christianity these days. And it also means inst- anti means instead of. So we put things in place of God. It's a whole spirit of against and instead of. And then David said, I can't be ashamed to let others know that my hope is in Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed. It's it's too much going on for you and I. If we don't speak up for God now when the world is falling apart, when will we speak up? We can't be ashamed of the hope of this word, the life that it gives, the freedom that it gives, the rest. Why would I be ashamed of that? And I'm, I'm not saying you have to be a preacher or a pastor. I'm just saying you can share with someone. Look, I know it's a lot going on. I'll pray for you. I believe in the God of the Bible. I believe in Jesus Christ. And I'll be praying for you. And I just want you to know that nice and calm, non-confrontational, not trying to give a dissertation. Share. Don't be ashamed. We have the solution. We have the answer. Don't be ashamed of that. And let me finish with the next verse, 117. Now he says, hold thou me up. Now, look, this hold right here. He just asked, it looked like he's saying the same thing where he says, uphold me in verse uh, 116. But he's not. He's saying that's 116. That's personal. But now he's saying, uphold me, uh, hold me up. And but now he's talking about leadership as a leader. Right. Because your personal life, what you do in the house is different than what you do on the job. So he's saying, personally, God, keep me and and help me to live. But now, God, I'm asking. Now he's asking professionally as a leader. He's talking leadership right here. He says he asked for he says that that word hold up means to give me strength and comfort and support and establish me as a leader. Mm. So those of you that are in leadership positions, ask God to give you strength and to to hold you up and support you. As a leader, this is David. He, he distinguishes between his personal life and his professional life and ask God to be a blessing to hold him up in both of them. He says, hold me up and I shall be safe. And that word safe means victorious. God, if you hold me up, if you support me, God, as a leader, um, if you establish me and if you comfort me and you give me strength, 
then I'll be victorious. That's what the word means, safe. I'll be a victorious leader. God, God, as you're leading me, I'll be able to lead others. Let me say it again. <coughs> as you're, God, as you're leading me, I'll be successful at leading others. Make a note of that. That's what he's saying. God, lead me so I can be successful leading others. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and I will have respect. That word respect means as a leader, I will observe and practice and live your word. Look what he says. I will have respect unto your word daily, always. God, uphold me as a leader. Lead me as I lead. And I promise I'll practice and observe and I'll live your word, the prescribed script, formula, limit, portion, boundary, blueprint, task, plan, purpose, and set time that you have for my life. And I will do that daily. Wow. It's all about God's word in our personal life, in our professional life. It's no distinguishing the professional from the personal. When you go to work, you don't leave your Christianity on a shelf and say, well, I have to do my job. Like God is saying, if you want to be victorious, let me lead you in both. God gets the glory. People are edified because you're the leader that God's called you to be. Paul and Silas spoke the word. God is calling us today to speak the word. Um, we don't need opinions. We don't need recommendations. <laughs> it's enough conspiracy theories out there that last us a lifetime. What we need today is the word of God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning for challenging us to be the men and women of God that you called us to be. As we ask the question, what is my true foundation? What do I really stand on? I challenge you in the name of Jesus, ask someone tomorrow, what's your foundation for life and wait for an answer. First, I challenge you, the Lord challenges us to ask ourselves, <laughs> and then wait for an answer. But then ask someone, say, hey, I just have a question. What's your foundation? What do you really stand on? What's your foundation for life? What do you really stand on? God, help us. As your word spoke to our heart this morning, you are a hiding place. You are a refuge. You are a castle. You are a strength. You are a hope. You are a life. You lead us. You desire to lead us. You desire for us to love you and to trust you to trust your word 100%, so much competing for our, our heart and our mind and our spirit and our soul. And God, you're saying for us in these last days, in these days, in the, in the culture and the climate that we live in, you're telling us 100% trust in the word of God. Get into the word of God. Read, meditate daily on the scriptures. Continually seek God and stay in his presence. 
We thank you, Lord, that you've called us not to perfection, but to practice daily, trusting you and loving you. Bless your people. Bless your word. Thank you for your word this morning, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe you're, you're somebody pushed the share button and you just kind of sat in on the on the on the word and the message this morning, but you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you say, Pastor, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. It's, it's really simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. Um, the word of God says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be rescued. Rescued from what? Death, hell, sin, and the grave. Rescued from a life of uh, defeat to a life of victory. So you say, Pastor, how do I do that? It's really simple. You call on the name of the Lord. Repeat these words after me. Dear Lord, thank you for living for me, number one. <laughs> Lord, thank you for coming down from heaven and living for me. Thank you for being the good news. Thank you for sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And then thank you, Lord, for resurrecting on that third day. Right now, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. Again, thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for cleaning me up as I was treading water in a sewer of life. I invite you into my heart now to be my personal Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Right now, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit so it can teach me and guide me so that I can live for you. Send godly people into my life so they can encourage me and walk with me as I become the person that you created me to be. I receive you and I embrace you now as my personal Lord and Savior in my heart. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and, um, and you would like just some information on, on salvation or rededication, please uh, send me an email, life at southbayalc.com. If you have any prayer requests, prayer needs, praise reports, um, life at southbayalc.com. Also, I want to invite you again to uh, Bible study Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30. Uh, go to our website. All the coordinates are there. SouthBayALC.com, SouthBayALC.com, and you'll see all the coordinates for Wednesday night Bible study. We are in 1 Kings chapter 3. It's an incredible chapter. You don't want to miss it. You want to be there. And the revelation that God has been giving us all because uh, we have a it, it's more of a study session and it's interactive. It's not like this where I'm just uh, sharing the word. It's interactive and uh, people come prepared and they've uh, got insights and revelations from God's word. It is a powerful hour uh, of study and very refreshing. Just what we need for the middle of the week, because so much really happens from Sunday to even Wednesday. And it's great to get refreshed Wednesday and then just come on again until Sunday. So as Bible study <clears throat> every Wednesday 
6.30, 7.30, and then I want to thank you all again for your giving. It's just been very generous. It allows us to get this message out, to preach the gospel. We have missionaries that are touching, literally touching the whole world uh, for Jesus Christ. And that's what it's about now, because the only thing that we take to heaven with us is other people. So I just want to thank you for your giving. It's an investment and time and, and resources well spent because we are getting the gospel out to a lost and dying world and lives are being changed. And I'm so grateful for that because I can't be everywhere, but by investing and supporting missionaries that can be, then we're making a difference together. So again, thank you for your giving. Just want to invite uh, those interested in membership. Uh, again, if you can make it, it's 2.30, uh, I'm sorry, it's two o'clock today, two to three. Send me an email, life at southbayaoc.com. I'll get you the Zoom coordinates. Or if you're interested in membership and you can't make it today, I'd still like to email you uh, the digital copy of our new members booklet. And that's same email, life at southbayaoc.com. Life at southbayaoc.com. And that is just about it for today. Thank you so much. So thrilled, so grateful uh, that you would join us today so blessed by your presence. Um, go out and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ask someone what is their foundation and wait for an answer. And then just leave it at that and say, well, and when they ask you what's your foundation, you tell them I'm practicing living and trusting the word of God. And that is my foundation. I'm not perfect, but I'm practicing living daily and trusting the word of God and trusting my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that's my foundation. And just start the dialogue. Do it lovingly, do it in a caring way. Um, remember, it's about building relationships, not tearing down people. It's about building them up. Because at one time, someone had to build you up. Sometimes we forget where we come from and we don't know how to treat people because we know two scriptures. So God, Give us the kindness of heart like Christ did. He, he loved everyone. He didn't discriminate. Let that be our, our nature as we operate with the fruit of the Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you that you've come to give us life and life more abundantly. Thank you for your word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday night. And then I'll see you again, Lord, Lord willing, I'll see you Wednesday night. Then Lord willing, I'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.